We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of Boom BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. To my right, I have Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. You're virtual, right? And then to my virtual <laughs> left, I have Taylor Peterson. Sean, I wasn't actually taking a dump. I was uploading a video of Shea Gildas Alexander highlights to our YouTube, which yeah, you uh-huh. all should go and subscribe to. Uh-huh, there you sure. go. There you go. <laughs> have you seen yes, that? I uh, would have uh, sprayed some air freshener to your... Have you seen that video? Um, where I think it was a meme someone made on Twitter where it said, my wife asking me what I'm doing in the bathroom, and it's Trump saying, it's big dumps. They're big dumps. <laughs> that's Taylor. That, that is yeah, Taylor. That's, that's me. Incredible. That's me. That is Taylor. Last time I well, uploaded highlights for you, a-holes. <laughs> hey, if you guys haven't already, Taylor's been dropping highlight videos on Thank our YouTube you. channel. So go okay. subscribe to the YouTube They're channel. Fine. You can, watch, uh, you can hey. watch awesome highlight videos. And Justin made me some really cool graphics that actually fit the YouTube screen so I don't look like a, you know degenerate who doesn't know what i'm doing so thanks justin we're taking baby steps (laughs) into the video world here baby steps that's right gotta do gotta do whatever we can man so awesome well we are streaming this episode of the podcast live on twitter on facebook and on youtube.com so if you're watching the live stream what's up thanks for joining drop your comments in the chat section we'll answer them as we go through the pod today 
If you are listening to the podcast version of this, what's up? Happy Monday. Hope you guys are doing fine. Gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, Typically, we drop a post-game podcast after a game. Uh, But since this game came on a Sunday, we are just doing a normal show. But we are going to like kind of bake in the post-game in here. So let's dive right into it. The Thunder finished off their five-game road stretch today in Brooklyn, New York, to take on the Nets. I did not think the Thunder were going to win no, in Brooklyn, New York. Not at all. <laughs> After the first quarter, when the Thunder were down 29-41, to 41, it did not seem like the Thunder were going to win in Brooklyn. No, but it would, would have still all. been a solid road trip at 3-2 and two if they lost today. But then after that first quarter, the Thunder said, you know what? Let's kick their ass. <laughs> End up winning the game 129 to 16, 116, not 16. That'd be really impressive. 129 to 100. I was going to say 16. Holy cow. She had a bigger game than I thought. <laughs> Gilgis Alexander, 31.6 rebounds, seven assists. Uh, second leading score, one Hamadou Diallo with Dude. 25 points, three rebounds, four assists, four steals. New I York Diallo. Never once, never once. I've always been back behind Hami. And then the third leading score, the third 20-point score tonight, one Al Horford with 22.6 rebounds, three assists. Guys, I don't really have a layout for how I want to talk about this game. I just wanted to throw it out and see what we think, answer some questions in the chat. What are we taking from this? <laughs> I want to talk about Hami. And, and Let's since do it. We, since we have our resident Hamadou Diallo fanboy, Taylor more. Peterson, on the pod. <laughs> um New York Hami has been unbelievable, not just tonight, but against the Knicks as well, putting up ridiculous numbers. I would argue two of the best games of his entire career. Mm-hmm. And we've got a question in the chat from our boy Thunderbeard. Is Diallo taking a step uh, for real or is it just an anomaly? That's such a really good question because it, it is. I, I, I'm on record of constantly saying somebody's got to score points and get rebounds, right? Especially there there is something. Minute. Yeah, there is something, though, to the way Homie plays. That dude comes on the court and then just plays like somebody lit his head on fire. You know, he goes hard 120% of the time. There, There is something to that that allows him to rack up stats. I think the biggest thing, Justin, is... I mean, we were all dogging on Hami earlier this season because of his poor decision making and his nope. his poor shots. Not me, nope, not me, never, never <laughs> once. He has stopped <laughs> like really shooting that mid range jumper and yeah. stopped trying to be point guard. And what yeah. he does is he takes the ball and he says, "F you, I'm getting to the front of the basket. Try to stop me." That's been the biggest development is getting to the rack. He can finish. He's a great finisher. It's using his athleticism to just go over people and go finish at the rack and blow by them. And I think that's taking advantage of his best attributes. I mean, I know he put in some work on his shot in the off season, but he's not going to be a knockdown shooter. And I think uh, he learned that pretty quickly. He learned that first couple of games. It reminds me a little bit of Andre Robertson going, really taking advantage of like cutting to the basket, getting easy buckets that way, instead of trying to be like the, the floor spacer, that's going to hit open shots for you. That's not going to be his role. And I think we've really seen, especially these last two games, him really taking advantage of that. 
Absolutely. And I also want to uh, make a, a quick point. I mean, obviously it's, it's very easy. And I think we're pretty cognizant of, of this to, to praise the coaching staff when, <laughs> when the team is winning basketball games and to kind of, you know, poop on them a little bit when they, uh, when the thunder or a team in general are not winning basketball games. But in this case, I do want to point out, um, I think Dagnall really has, or at least the coaching staff in general has had a really uh, good effect on Hami. Um, he even mentioned in his, his post game interviews, tonight um, mentioning watching a lot of film how that's helped him uh helped him kind of analyze the game kind of slow his game down because that's exactly what was happening like you said justin like you've mentioned so many times on the podcast jacob he's a guy uh you know maybe a top five percent athlete in the entire league of a league of athletes that are top five percent in the entire world in terms of athleticism and he is going uh 110 percent 110% of the time. And yeah. so he, he uh, really finds what he's he, doing. He leverages his athleticism. Like yeah. we've seen other super athletic guys in Oklahoma city, Terrence Ferguson, uh, Perry Jones, just to name a couple who never, who had all the athleticism and never put it to good use. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. H- Hami, every time he's on the court, he's putting that, that athleticism to good use. I've never seen somebody second jump that quick in my life. Yeah, it, it's absolutely wild. But also, just like you, to Justin's point earlier, he's not he's not settling for mid range pull up shots. You know, off the dribble, he's much more poised. I think I mentioned this when uh, I had my little brother on the podcast on what was it? It's Friday night. Um, much more poised. He's driving to the rim and attacking. He's either drawing fouls. He's hitting free throws, which is kind of surprising because he's still not hitting his outside shot. But he had a three-point shot tonight, um, and he's actually passing and kicking out to the open, um, op- his open teammates, which I think smart is play. really impressive. Really yeah. impressive. And the other thing, too, is he he's not doing too picking, much. Well, he's picking yeah. George Hill and Shea's brains is something that he said in his, his post-interview, post-game interview tonight, which I think is really important. Also, apparently my man has beef with half the vets in the NBA. No kidding. (laughs) He and J.J. Redick have gone at it. Today, he and DeAndre Jordan went at it. I love it. He got some some love from former uh, Thunder loser Kevin Durant. Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Interesting. (laughs) We we tweeted it out, but interesting that Kevin Durant played against the Thunder, but none of his former teammates are on this team anymore. And I don't think... Any of his former coaches are on the team yep. anymore. I don't know that Crazy. for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, uh, Thunderbeard and Periscope said, I cringe every time Hami pulls up for three, though. And <laughs> I kind of have to agree. The, the, the free throw, you mentioned, Taylor, the free throw stroke looks nice. The jump shot has, still has a hitch in it. Yep. Just get downhill. He can beat anybody yep. if he gets moving downhill. So just get downhill. Uh, who else do we, or what else do we want to talk about besides Hamadou Diallo? Yeah, next let's jump into it. Let's talk about Shea. I mean, that was topic. Uh, just perfect. <laughs> I, I, one, of, one of his best games. Oh man, in his career. Yes. Yeah. He yes. he came out. I always kind of worry about if Shea comes out and hits his first few shots. Is he going to force stuff? And he did not by any stretch of the imagination tonight. I mean, his first bucket was um, he shook KD and got to the basket. Oh, so good. And then his second bucket, I think, was a three. His third bucket was he got KD on that up and under move. And then he got KD on another shake where he went downhill, drew two, and dropped it off to, I think it was Horford for a dunk. He was on one tonight, guys. Like, his confidence is sky high. And post game, coach was saying, like, 
This kid lifts after every game. Once they're done playing, he hits the gym and gets on the weights. Uh, that nobody's more dedicated to their craft than he is. Jalen Hurts style. Oh, still God. starving. <laughs> still has better accuracy than than Jalen Hurts, though. <laughs> it's not hard. But yeah, uh, that's what she said. Um, but Shay, maybe he won't be the best player on a championship team. Maybe he won't be right. the second best player yeah. on a championship team. But damn it, does he look good? I he mean, did, I, he, I I I posted it on the on the road trip averaging what 22 six or almost seven and six on like crazy efficiency he's playing really really good he just keeps taking leaps and i think that's what's been crazy so far is like he looked really good his rookie year for the clippers and then he took a leap last year and it feels like he's taking another leap and Mm -hmm. i think some of that's predictable because of like we always talk about a, a bad team needs somebody to score points and you could argue that OKC is not a bad team right now, technically, but I think overall that just the what they're being asked to do or what they're asking Shea to do is is control the ball more and take more of that responsibility this year with Chris Paul gone. And I think you're seeing that. And what's exciting is the fact that he is really stepping up to that challenge. Uh, I got a little bit worried about that coming into the season of like, you know, how many bumps is he going to take along the way? But I think what we've seen from him is he's really risen to the occasion. I think that's exciting when you think about not this season, but upcoming seasons, you know, what his potential is on this Thunder team. Like you said, Jacob, what's his role? Is it second best player, third best player? Where does he fit in that kind of pecking order? I think that if he he continues to develop, he could continue to have a bigger and bigger role in whatever Thunder championship contender team 2.0 looks like. I think my favorite thing that I saw, uh, I shouldn't even say tonight. I think my favorite thing that I've seen is just progression each and every game. You know, we talked about it, how how improved that Shea looks from the very beginning of this season. Yeah. But we wanted to see him be more aggressive. We wanted to see him take more shots. And the thing that I've seen, at least during this road trip, is seeing him continue to improve each and every – no, so I shouldn't say, even say uh, improve, but continue to be more aggressive each and every game, kind of culminating tonight when he has one of the best basketball players of all time, uh, Thunder players may not, Thunder players, Thunder uh, fans may not love me saying that, but let's be completely honest here. Kevin Durant is one of the best basketball players to play the game. And um, the fact that, you know, he's come back, Kevin Durant has come back this season pretty healthy, uh, almost what seems to be 100%, and he is the sole defender against Shea Gildas Alexander. And, and Shea's doing what he, he's doing to set the tone of the game so early. I mean, this is exactly what we want to see from Shea. And I could not be more excited. Um, just really, really impressive all around. It's not like he's he's forcing shots or uh, like point, score, point guards of the past. And Russell Westbrook will forever be my favorite basketball player of all time. But with that being said, Shea is just so poised and balanced, I think, in yep. his attack. And what we saw was him creating for others. Um, and, 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 you know, using it and continuing to be aggressive, not just forcing up shots and, and just trying to, you know, knowing that he's hot, trying to make every single shot that he throws up, he's creating for others. And we saw that all, it, often tonight. I believe he had seven assists. Yep, it's seven. just, uh, just a complete game all around tonight from Shea against a really, really good Brooklyn Nets team who was kind of up and down. And tonight was maybe one of their more down games, especially with, with, um, goodness with Kyrie being out but with all that being said when you have a guy like Kevin Durant playing defense on you and you do what Shea was able to do tonight that's just special so I think all that to say with Shea I just uh I hope that fall that he suffered in the fourth quarter isn't anything too serious yeah yeah right. that uh, was a little scary from I think it that you pronounce this Rami Anderson 
on YouTube says, sometimes for fish to grow, all they need is a bigger tank. Shay has the entire aquarium right now. Growth is uncapped. Ooh. And I love oh, it. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Justin, you mentioned, you know, that Shay from year one to year two took a leap. Now from year two to year three, it looks like he's taken a leap. I think we even even backtrack it even farther than that. Um, you know, he was drafted 14th or 13th, somewhere right there, and wasn't expected to do much his rookie year. Before that, he was a pretty low yeah. uh, kid coming out of high school. Right. He was the last guy taken by Kentucky. It's like since he's like been 17 every year, he's taken a leap and, and proven to be better than what people think he is. Uh, and I think people need to stop putting limitations on this kid. He's he's growing and growing. My favorite part of what we've seen from his game is his passing. Yep. You know, we see him get downhill. Uh, before tonight, Shea was third in the league in drives per game. He's getting downhill. He's third in the league in drives per game, but 42nd in field goal attempts a game. He's getting downhill, but wow. then he's kicking That's out of that, set. right? He's drawing the double. He's kicking to open shooters. His guys aren't always hitting them. Yeah. His, his potential assist numbers are are really good. He's making the right basketball reads, right? He's he's playing the right way. He's not forcing really very much at all, which is really, really nice. You love to see that. I mean, shit, if I was Shea Gilgis-Alexander and I was 22 years old and had the keys to the franchise – I mean, I'm pulling. You mean pulling from pulling the logo. young in high school? I'm, I'm crossing <laughs> half court and launching that bitch, you know. So, <laughs> for him to have that self awareness, very mature kid. It's yeah, it's awesome to watch. I'm really excited. Sean, uh, Sean has a pretty funny comment here. Um, I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Kevin Durant defended SGA like he defended Clay in Game Six, yeah. referring right. to the 2016 uh, Western <laughs> Conference Finals. Yeah, <laughs> SGA uh, had some uh, some beautiful moves. Yeah, um, he's so crafty. He's just, just he's a move, blast to watch. Just really quick, just kind of to uh, to summarize what we've talked about between Shea and Hami. Um, also, just for starters, um, per Thunder PR, and this makes sense. It's not a huge surprise. This is the first time in Hamidou Diallo's career where he scored twenty plus points in consecutive games, and before tonight, he had only done it one time. Um, he, he's playing very well right now. Oh, New York just very, I keep using this, this, uh, this word. I use it in Friday's post game and tonight. Yeah. New York homie for sure. If the thunder could play in New York all the time, Hamadou Diallo would be an all-star, but kind of like Andrew. Very, Wiggins. Very boys, exactly right. Yes. Just like Andrew Wiggins against the thunder. But the set I really wanted to throw out here was from ESPN stats and info. It was a tweet. Um, Shay and Hami are the first pair of thunder teammates, both age 22 or younger to each score 25 points in the same game since Russ and Kevin Durant in 2011. That's a wild stat. That's awesome. really impressive. Super crazy. Whether we think Hami and Shea are going to be <laughs> Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook or not. That's yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Still not sure about that. But So, so to answer Thunderbeard's question from 10 minutes ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I had to guess, it's it's most likely an anomaly. Um, but not like a full homie's going to go back to being, you know, aimless every time he drives to the basket. I think he's showing growth. I don't expect him to score 20 points very many more times this season, just because like you said, Taylor, he's only done it once before in his career before this two game stretch. But I think that overall we're seeing good developments out of him. He's continued to put in the work. We hear a lot about his work ethic and the the stuff he's doing off of the court. And I think we're finally starting to see that payoff. And it's exciting. Yep. He's a guy that's been up and down on the Thunder. And I'm excited to see, you know, what role he can play moving forward. Definitely. And 
here's another thing to consider. And I, I don't want to like rain on this parade. The Thunder have played really well. They're four and one on a five game road trip. We did not see that coming. But there also was something to again, I'm gonna I'm gonna reharp on this. The way Hamadou Diallo plays post game, Steve Nash said that, you know, once the Nets got up 15, they kind of thought they had won the game and took their their foot off the pedal. And Hamadou Diallo, uh, you know, he's got his foot all the way down to the floor every time he's on the court. And so if you start to lean off and just kind of coast, he's the kind of guy that's going to eat you alive, right? Right. I mean, those plays like against the Knicks where he uh, he snuck up behind Julius Randle, stole the ball, and went and got a dunk. That's just – he's going to do that kind of stuff all game long. He's the kind of guy that I, – I hate comparing NBA players to like my local pickup run. Um, that, that's the extent of my basketball. I think you actually that's all, I, that. that's all I have to go off of. But he's the okay, guy – Michael Cage, that, back like, in my church league. He's the guy that at pickup that everybody hates because like he's like constantly diving on the floor and like borderline reckless just because he's going so hard. Tommy is oh you guys are gonna hate me for this comp, especially the people in the chat right now. Pat Bev. Homie's a little bit Pat Beverly like. I, I was That's thinking good. that this whole time. Yes. There's a good. little good. bit of Pat Bev in it. I like that. For it's me just too. like he, he's so energetic, it's annoying. And it's like, just can you just chill? Just like be cool for one. Oh, possession. he's annoying if he's doing You guys are thinking right, exactly. and we're trying to like we love it. No, we love it. Absolutely. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I think you're gonna see that a lot this season from Thunder opponents, where the teams that they're playing get up big. It's the Thunder, they're supposed to be tanking, and I think the Thunder are gonna make them regret, you know, taking their foot off the foot. I'm not saying they'll come back and win by 20 points every time. But I think that overall, I, I bet you see this a lot more times this season. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, one other point or one other theme, or uh, and we can go however long we want, I guess, on the post game. Um, but I know we want to get into this just this week overall. One last thing I want to bring up on this game specifically. The Thunder scored 66 points in the paint compared to 56 for the Brooklyn Nets. And that's something that's really been an issue for them um, with guys like, you know, when they're, they're starting bigs, quote unquote, bigs, right? Um, it's a different era in the NBA these days. But when Darius Baisley is your power forward, your starting power forward, and Al Horford is your your starting five, and you have Mike Muscala and Isaiah Roby coming in, playing back up five minutes. And Roby is honestly probably another guy we probably need to touch on for tonight. But all of that to be said, and Jake Beeman tweeted this out, it's been a maybe forever. <laughs> this might be the first time ever that the Thunder have solely had stretch bigs. Yes. So points in the paint and even rim protection in general yeah. has kind of been an issue for this team. And tonight against guys like DeAndre Jordan, um, I mean, shoot, who I don't even know who they're, I can't, or Jared Allen, Jared obviously. Allen. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of their other bigs or quote unquote bigs that the Nets have. But all that to say, I thought the, uh, that was really impressive for this team. It's something that I think these guys really try to focus and kind of hone in on after, um, you know, that, that really being a weak point for this team prior to tonight. Yeah. They, they made it a point to attack the basket tonight consistently. Um, which is good to see. And yeah, Brooklyn has good rim protection. I mean, even Kevin Durant is a pretty good rim protector and Shea and Hami lived driving to the free throw line or sorry, driving to the rim, getting to the free throw line. Uh, Al Horford. I've noticed tonight, I didn't tweet it, but I've noticed tonight, tonight it really clicked for me. Whenever Al Horford catches a post entry pass, that ball is not coming back out. It's only going (laughs) one place and it's to the rim. Exactly. He ain't passing that thing. Yep. Yep. So, um, but 
yeah, to see them score that many points in the paint for a team that's been shooting a ton of threes, you really love to see that. That That's really good stuff. Um, you've kind of seen them really purge that mid-range game and really take all their shots either in the paint or at the three-point line, and that's that's modern basketball. That's what you want out of them. It makes me wonder, since you brought up Al Horford, if this trend continues, and I know that it's been almost jokingly said of like, too good to tank. Um, but like, at what point do you start feeling antsy if you're Sam Presti to <laughs> make some trades of like, how many wins is too many before it's like, okay, I've got to get how Horford and Hill Bailey endured before yeah. you're just like, well, shit. <laughs> like, right? yeah. What do I do? Yeah, for Preston, he's like, man, my young guys are playing good, but God damn it, we're supposed to lose. Like, <laughs> get with the program. I mean, outside of, you you can trade Horford and Hill. That's about it. Outside yeah. of that, where, where you go from there? Yeah. Call. Those are the three bets. Those are yeah, the yeah. literally three bets. Uh, just one other guy really quick, and we don't have to dive into him, but just, just I want to make sure I mention him. Isaiah Roby, um, five of seven from the floor tonight, 13 points, five rebounds. He played backup center uh, in the role that Mascala usually plays because Mascala um, hurt his ribs in the previous game. Isaiah's looked really well when, at least me, I, I, I'm i going to fall on my sword here. Um, I was clamoring for him to be one of the guys that were cut. He played like pre-season. butt he's in been, preseason. Like, oh, he was God. awful. He's been a new guy. What, what's worse than butt? Because that's what he played like. <laughs> Tank. Baby face Roby is what I'm calling him. I love it. He baby face monstrous so this season. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's young guys. It's young guys. It's an abbreviated camp. It's not a normal season. Like, I think you're well, going to see lots of iron downs for, for uh, opposing teams. But like, yeah, he's looked really good. Like yep. surprisingly promising. Um, who would have thunk when he was on the <laughs> Texas legends? And got traded to the blue. Uh, seems like a long time ago now. Yep, I was in the building. The I know you were. They grow uh, up so fast. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Ro- no, Roby's looked good. Um, okay, guys. Well, let's transition from tonight's game just to the week overall. Uh, like we've mentioned multiple times already, the Thunder went four and one on this five-game road trip. Wins against Orlando, New Orleans, New York, and Brooklyn. Uh, the lone loss was that thumping from Miami. But overall, what have we learned from this road trip, if anything? Is there anything from this road trip that you take away that you think, man, like this is a thing with this team now? Well, I think, like I alluded to a moment ago, I think that the clock might be ticking to make some trades. Now, I say this with a caveat the Thunder have won some games, but they also haven't had a super hard schedule, especially compared to what's coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare coming up. But I remember having a lot of these same conversations last year at the beginning of the season when it was like, oh, you know, the Thunder schedule has been pretty easy. It'll get harder. It's going to get harder. They just kept winning games. And I don't think that'll happen this year, but I didn't think it would happen last year. But I think that the clock is starting to tick a little bit on moving Horford and Hill. And it'll be interesting to see how Presty plays this. Cause I think before this season, my thought was you wait till you get the perfect deal. You wait till you get exactly what you want and you capitalize as many assets as you can. If that means Horford stays all season, so be it. The more games they win, the more I start to doubt that. And the more I start start to doubt whether you can afford to keep those guys all season because you need to lose. And right now, they're not <laughs> losing as much as you would hope. 
Justin, to, to harp on that point, you know, Presti always has been, I'm going to, going to extract maximum value out of this asset. Yeah. Part of the value of trading a guy like Horford or Hill now is that they are not on your team and it That's makes your point. pick better. Yeah. Right. I yeah. could tr- I could trade Horford in the summer to get pick number uh, 20. But if I trade him away from my team right now, I go from getting pick 13 to pick five. That's what, a great point. What's better there, right? And so it's like this this value like value assessment. More uh, leverage. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes for a tanking team, it's better to get those vets off your team and maximize your own pick. I think that factors in to the calculus somewhere in there that you know getting George Hill off this team, maybe you only get a second round pick for him. I so mean, George Hill, he, George Hill should have never left Barclays Arena tonight. Yeah, the, the Nets should have made an I, offer on the spot. You exactly. just walk across the uh, the court to the other. He would help their defense quite a bit. Yeah, but you know, I mean, if you yeah, if you only get a second round pick for for George Hill, but he raises your team this this coming twenty twenty one draft from getting uh, pick ten to pick seven, it's worth it. Yep, it yeah. is definitely worth it. Yep. So just really quick to both of your guys' points, I wanted to bring this up just really, uh, and I actually mentioned this on the Friday pod, but uh, starting on Tuesday, they play the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, the next day, they have a back-to-back. It's at home, thankfully, against the Lakers. Yep. Then on Friday, two days later, they play the Chicago Bulls. On Sunday, two days later, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, so long as they're through their um, their COVID situation, they'll hopefully be full speed at that point and that'll be another tough game then tuesday so sunday to tuesday they played the number nuggets that they have a couple days off finally until friday when they played the los angeles clippers sunday they played the clippers this is a west coast road yep. trip they play the portland trailblazers monday a couple days or wait sorry that's a back-to-back so sunday night they play the clippers for the second time monday they play the portland trailblazers and then wednesday they play the phoenix suns they finish um, up that brutal stretch with Brooklyn back home two days later. There you go. That's a rough, rough stretch. I think the rest of January tells us a lot about this team, personally. Yep. It yep. tells us everything about this they, team. They, they've overachieved so far. They've played really well. Do they go like, I don't know how many games you just left it off, Taylor, but do they go like two and eight in that run, right? Uh, one and nine. Um, I, th- I think that's kind of so where games, games do they go? Games? Two and yeah, yeah. I think two and eight is good. Or two and eight. Sorry, yes. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> lose a couple, win one, lose some more, win one, lose some more. Um, if this team rattles off like a five and five, then I think the question of like, are they, they gearing more towards like a play-in game for the playoffs rather than a top five seed becomes a very very real conversation. As yep. of right now, so I mean, creative. this team is still 29th in the league in offensive efficiency, which says right. something about the Nets, who gave up 130 <laughs> points. Exactly, exactly what I was just thinking. Their exactly. defense is so Kyrie, bad. Look, look, I know what Kyrie's doing, and it's probably related to um, the terrible situation that happened earlier this week when we had just some extremists, some terrorists, domestic terrorists, call it how it is, um, storming the Capitol. And we don't want to get too political on here. But I'm just saying that that is probably what is going on with Kyrie because it was that night that he decided that he wasn't going to play basketball and he hasn't since. And I get that, but you know what? If, if you decide that everything else is that much more important than basketball, 
then he probably should pull Kaepernick and not be playing basketball. Um, Ooh, it's so just spicy. Taylor's getting spicy. All I'm saying is I just, I don't respect what he's doing. Just going, you know, off the cup, basically, or I shouldn't say that just completely gone. Yeah. Um, and, and only communicating with Steve Nash and, you know, just what you watching on this team, because that's going to happen throughout the I, entire season. Hey, so are you going to play basketball with your team? I think you, you just ran out of sage to burn. Okay. <laughs> He's, the Amazon order was fair. late. Give him fair. some time, bro. That's fair. That's fair. But anyways, I'm just saying this Brooklyn Nets team definitely <laughs> needs Kyrie Irving. They definitely need Kevin Durant healthy. And yeah, and Hill. Because yes. their their role players are iffy, and their bench is not very deep. Yep. So, yeah, I think this stretch in January is really going to tell us a yeah. lot about this team. I wanted to ask you guys, though, speaking of that, do Thunder fans need to stop watching Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley highlights? Are we are we hyping ourselves up too yeah. much because it's out no of a possibility? Kidding. No kidding. Let's, let's talk about like the 15th pick overall. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. I mean, I think the thing is with the Thunder, and it's going to be this way for the next, I don't know, four or five years approximately, is it kind of doesn't matter what pick they get. They have the assets to go acquire whoever they want. Point. They should have the assets to go get whoever they want. So if That's they feel point. like Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or whoever is worth four first round picks, five first round picks, six first round picks, they can go make that happen. And it kind of doesn't matter where they end up this year because they have so many assets to go acquire them. If Sam Presti deems that that's who he wants to go, you know, agree. The franchise the around. only issue I've been thinking about is these next couple of drafts that are quote unquote so deep. And again, this coming draft has proven to be so when you're watching guys like Jalen Suggs and Cunningham and uh, the G League situation is a little iffy. We'll see how that goes in the bubble. All that to say, this this draft seems to be proving itself. Um, so opposing teams, so for example, let's say the Detroit Pistons <laughs> end up with that number one pick and they just are just garbage. Um, Sam Presti approaches his old friend Troy Weaver and says, Hey, I want that number one pick. And Troy Weaver can just go, Yeah, I'm sure you do. So is there so is there the other 29 teams in the league? Yeah, um, are you gonna give me the Paul George package? Or are you just gonna give me like a couple future first because I want the Paul George package? I mean so there's a little leverage there. It's also possible that Detroit just says, Kiss my ass. We right. want Cade. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Well, you know. Then you go. Then you go put together a package for Suggs or Mobley. Or, uh, or, or, Suggs is so stupid good, dude. So I love watching it. So, according to Tankathon.com, if the season ended now, which would be dumb because that'd be a really short season, the Thunder would get the number seventeen overall pick, which currently belongs to Miami. That would go to OKC, and the Thunder would get the number seven pick, which currently belongs to Houston. Because the Thunder's uh, own pick is too high at that number 20 so right cool. now. So, so good. The Thunder so would end good. at 7 and 17, so which good. isn't ideal, but yeah. you, could, you could play around with that and make something happen. So yep. quickly before we move on, Nate Sanders from the chat. Um, we have to get a superstar. In, we being OKC have to get a superstar in the coming draft because we need Shea and that pick to be on a similar timeline. And I think that's a good point, um, especially when you're seeing what guys like Shea, Lou, and Baisley are capable of already this season. You give them another season, another offseason to develop, and next season we're looking at three guys who are, you know, they aren't going to necessarily be championship ready, but they're ready to go. So 
the longer and longer you wait on that, I think to Nate's point, you know, you, you need to capitalize on a superstar earlier, sooner rather than later. Hey, I think 2021 is a draft where you don't go and try to get one guy in the top five or six. You try to go get two, mm. right? It's kind of that Kevin yeah. Durant, Jeff Green draft again. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's, there's enough talent there that, that you do what you can. So it's, uh, like it. it's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, any other thoughts from the, uh, the, the week and the road trip, the four and one road trip guys. I just think, that, I mean, it's just another season of camaraderie. Um, you have a, a great coaching staff and some vets who do genuinely care and uh, guys who really like playing together. I mean, I remember seeing Shea at the end of the game going up. I think it was Al Horford had the headset on. He's going up and slapping them and pushing them and smiling with them. And if you have guys who enjoy playing together, you're going to win games yep. like you have this season. And yeah, that's hey, just kind winning of, does that. It, it, winning, yes, winning does that. But the Thunder do that as well with the culture that they build. So yeah. we hear we hear heat culture all the time. It's about time we start talking about Thunder culture a bit, guys. Yeah, because it's real. Not wrong. Not wrong. It's real. These games. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on, I gotta ask you guys about the tank meter. The tank from, meter from full down to empty. We need a tank where, meter sounder. I think we do. From Don't full tank. to empty, where is the tank meter at currently? <laughs> it sounded like a fourth of the tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's down to like a fourth of the tank right now. Going four and one on a road trip. A pretty impressive road trip against some pretty solid teams this season. I'm saying a fourth of a tank left in the tank meter. Um, hopefully that thing gets refueled <laughs> with this upcoming schedule. I like it. I, I like what you did there with a fourth of a tank and four and one on the road trip. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's always there to make me look better than I really am. Um, <laughs> I so love it. I think I'm with you, Taylor. I think a fourth of fourth of a tank is good. Uh, they're not in great shape right now. And I think that either something has to change. And I think that change could be the schedule like we talked about the change could be trading some guys the trade the change could be both of those things but i think if the thunder continue on this current trajectory um they're going to be using miami and houston's picks which is not what anyone expected yeah. coming this season well the problem is the tank commander hamadou diallo read the manual and found out how to operate the goddamn thing <laughs> that's the problem he found out where the shoot button was and where the drive button was he's turned he, he added some moss <laughs> commander <laughs> he went from being helen keller behind the wheel to vin diesel it's not good <laughs> uh, look if, if Holly's doing this and this is who he is and shay is who he is and basley's who he is dort's who he is i mean might let's as well go win a championship exactly there you go Let's go win a championship in a couple seasons. There you go. Well, it's uh, we'll we'll see where again they, they've got a rough stretch coming up. We'll revisit the tank meter every Sunday and we'll see where it ends up at. But yeah, I think you guys are on the spot. You know, about it's it's about a quarter of the way full right now. You know, it's the tank is not doing well, uh, okay. especially when you look around the league. And we all talked about how oh, like the Washington Wizards, they're not going to be a bottom five team in the league. Well, maybe they are now, especially yeah, that they've lost Thomas right. Bryant. Yeah, right? We said the Toronto Raptors aren't a bottom five team in the league. Well, the Raptors are two and six and uh, currently losing. Who are they playing right now? I forget who they're playing right now, but they're losing their game right now, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's 
They're actually yeah. up by one with seven seconds left if you want to get technical. Oh, no, we uh, need Golden State to win that, so we get that Golden State pick this year, too. In a Golden State. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the tank the tank is uh, it is falling apart. It's like a Soviet-era uh, World War II tank. It's just a piece of shit, and it's not doing well. We need to... <laughs> We need to upgrade. Mm. So, well, guys, we're going to take a trip around the association. Before we get there, though, we want to tell, take a quick moment and tell you guys about Blue Wire Hustle. Hey, guys. I know we've been talking about Blue Wire Hustle over the past couple of podcasts, but we want to tell you guys about it again because it's really special. Uh, there's a lot of momentum here. We want to make sure you guys are up to date on the latest. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Blue Wire Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup, the uploading, all that fun stuff. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to love me up your sports experience. Acceptance to the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out our description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, gentlemen. It is time for us to go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> I figure for this week, we could do some over-unders for around the association. So we'll just bounce back and forth between the two of you. We can discuss each of them more in depth if you guys would like. Yes. First one goes to Taylor. Oh. Taylor, over-under, 2.5 teams currently in the Eastern Conference playoffs will not be there by the end of the year. So our listeners know the top eight in the playoffs right now in the Eastern Conference. So Taylor knows uh, Jake is going to let these off for me. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> Philly, Boston, Indiana, Orlando. Oh, they're Mil- out. Milwaukee. Out. The Knicks. The, Knicks out. The, the Cavs. And In. the Hornets. Two and a half of those teams. That That's the over-under. Two and a half. Um being out of that top eight by the end of uh, the season, whenever we actually get to the playoffs, you going over or under on that Taylor. Ooh, that's, that's pretty spot on, but I'm going to go ahead and go over. Um, I don't think the Cavs will be in. I don't think the magic will be in. I don't think it's crazy just because of this entire crazy season. Um, we've already seen the effects of COVID. Uh, we've already have seen some early injuries for teams, especially, um, you know, you have the uh, Fultz injury for the Magic. You have the terrible injury today that was announced with uh, Thomas Bryant of the Wizards. Unfortunately, I think it's random things like that are going to continue to happen. So I think the, the randomness <laughs> of the season is probably something you can bet on this year mm-hmm. uh, compared to other seasons. So I'm going over two and a half. If you want me to pick, I'll go Cavaliers and I'll go Orlando Magic. Um, uh, and Wizards will probably be the three. If you mention the Wizards, maybe you didn't. They might be towards no. the bottom. Um, I think I, I I would go over as well. I, I don't think Charlotte's making the playoffs. I don't think Charlotte. Cleveland's making the it's playoffs. Uh, I don't think Orlando, maybe even the Knicks. You know, I think the teams like mm-hmm. Miami, That's Brooklyn, right. and Atlanta are gonna get in. Uh, I think I think it's pretty safe over. Yep. No, and here's the thing with the Knicks too. Not to do a deep dive on the Knicks, but like they seem to be on the right trajectory. And it seems like this new front office is doing things that they should be led by Leon Rose. With that being said, they do end up being like a playoff team, either a play-in team or even like a seventh seed or eighth seed. I think that means that they've done the wrong thing. <laughs> they've held on to some of these players that they currently have when they should have probably shipped them off of the trade line and to, to more match some of their younger players like Mitchell Robinson, uh, even quickly, who's looked so great this season and um, RJ Barrett. So, um, you know, the next time make the playoffs that season, that's great. I think it's probably a path for mediocrity. Yeah, I agree. 
Justin, you get the next one, which is essentially the opposite question. 2.5 teams currently in the Western Conference playoffs will not be there by the end of the season. Those teams, and currently in the top eight, the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Blazers, the Warriors, and the Thunder. Two and a half teams not not making it. Justin's making a lot of funny faces, so I put him full screen. Oh, That's I what I get it. to do being in charge. I don't like this at all. <laughs> make it stop. Um, make it stop. This one is a little harder than the East, I feel like. Um, the Thunder, please, will not be in there. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know. Like, I think the Nuggets probably move in to the Thunder's last spot in the playoffs. Not saying they'll be the eight seed, but saying that they'll they'll move into the playoff picture. Maybe the Warriors, maybe I still, I don't know. I, this sounds crazy to say a little bit, but like maybe the Suns don't make the playoffs. They've had a really hot start and they've looked really fun, but I could see them trickling off as the season goes on. Um, I'm not totally sold on Portland. There's a lot of like kind of question marks I have in the West, but when I look at the teams that are on the outside looking in, there's nobody down there that I'm like, yeah, they're definitely getting in other than probably the nuggets. I feel pretty confident about the nuggets getting in. So I think I lean towards under, but I don't know if I have like a hard and fast, like it's probably two. Yeah. I don't necessarily know who the second team is. It could be the Pelicans could be the Rockets. If they get their crap together, yeah. um, could be the Grizzlies could be the Spurs. Probably not going to be the Timberwolves. Could be but- just about anybody, but the thunder. <laughs> Right, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Uh, yeah, we still in, don't feel hundred percent about that, which is just sad. But yeah, I, I think under is probably uh, the right answer here as well. I think I agree with you. Uh, next over under Taylor, seventy and a half games played by each team this season. The the regular season is seventy two games. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, are we going to get under seventy two games? I'm putting the over under at seventy and a half. I am. This is really tough. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say over. Um, I think what we've seen, especially the past couple of days, or, or at least over this past week, Adam Silver seems very committed to making sure that these games get played. And it's going to take a lot, basically, um, if you don't have at least seven players, seven healthy players that are uh, able to play a game, he's not going to, or I shouldn't say he, the league is not going to cancel a game. Um, and when they do cancel some of these games, they're going to try and reschedule those. Uh, and they're going yeah, to technically use not canceled, but they're postponements. Postponements, right? Yeah, postponements. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and say the over. I think they're going to try and make every team play a full "quote unquote" season, like you said, Jacob. That's 72 games this year, not 82. Um, they need it for the rest. Money talks, yep. and that's right. Yep. That's right. It's going to have to get ugly again for them not to to finish the season. Yep. All right, Justin, nine and a half is the over-under for games that get postponed due to COVID and contact tracing. We're already at two. Hmm. Thunder, Houston, and Miami, Washington. Is it? No, Miami, sorry. Miami, Boston, Boston yep. today. I'm, I'm going over, and I think the most, the easiest path to this is like the NBA coming out at some point if it gets pretty bad across multiple teams and saying, we're hitting pause for a week. Mm. or two weeks or three weeks and exactly. we're in like a, a, a situation time, or, yeah, yeah. 
give enough teams an, an opportunity to work through it, to move through it. And that is going to obviously be more than nine and a half games that get postponed due to something like that. I think that is a likely possibility. I'm not going to say it's, it's a lock or anything like that, but it seems like that could be something that we could expect, especially as the winter rages on and, you know, things are not getting better in the immediate future. I think we're going to continue to see this and hear conversations about, I think you're going to continue to see a lot of teams playing with eight guys, which we as Thunder fans um, are used to seeing from non-COVID related things. Um, I think back to some of those injury riddled years. Uh, Plagues but, of Egypt season, man. That's exactly of right. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's a distinct possibility, but I think like Taylor said, I think the league will look to postpone versus cancel. It'll be really interesting to see when they decide to plop Thunder Houston back on the schedule. I'm assuming it'll probably be in between the like first half, second half break, which is probably why they made the schedule like they did. Definitely. I could see the one week break thing coming up. Let's say there's like five or six teams that have enough players in the the protocol with the contact tracing. I could see them doing like pause the season for a week. The games that were supposed to be played this week are getting rescheduled for the end of the season. Uh, and we pick up the schedule like it like it is in a week whenever these players are are back and good to go. Yep. Um, I could definitely see something like that happening. I also wonder if the vaccine rollout gets going well, which it's not right now. Are are these players going to get vaccinated over, um, over that gap, but what they're calling the all-star break, even though not having an all-star game and between the first half and the second half of the season, get their first shot, get their second shot shortly into the second half of the season and uh, and they all have the vaccine and are good to just finish out the season like normal, yeah. you know? And you talk about herd immunity as well. I mean, there's a limited amount of players who are in the NBA. It's not like the general population. And, um, I mean, for example, we knew that Lou Dort had COVID um, earlier on this season, so he's probably fine. Shea yeah, goes out. He he yeah, he can still get put in the protocol. Though. I mean, we just saw Kevin Durant yeah, do that, right? Good point. Good point. So, the, I, which I think is weird. They're not like you would think if a player had COVID and had antibodies and they wouldn't make them go an days, test, not they wouldn't though. make them do no. worry about the contact tracing. So that's kind of interesting. So not that, to get not to get too scientific on this pod, and please don't trust us. We're not doctors, but it's <laughs> a good disclaimer. Um, you <laughs> can't, don't tell me masks don't work. <laughs> I had a conversation with a doctor recently, and you can transmit oh. it even if you've already had it. So if you've had it and you come in contact with somebody who has it, you won't get it, but you could still spread Spread it, it. which I think is the logic behind, even if you've had it, you still are subject to contact tracing and all that stuff. Makes tons of sense. Don't tell James Harden. (laughs) Makes tons of sense. All right. (laughs) So I think that was, uh, uh, we did nine and a half games. That was Justin's. So the next one is for Taylor. Six and a half is the over-under. Players who go for 60-plus points this season. We've already had two. This is the easiest one. No way. Six and a half. You're you're talking seven players going for 60-plus points in a game. And I know, maybe a little hypocritical because you can go listen like four or five, or shoot, more than that now because of post-game podcast. But all that's to say, earlier in the season, I said that the Thunder would have, I think, three-plus players score 30-plus points in a game. Um but six and a half. So we're talking seven players who would be scoring 60 plus this season. I say, no, 
I am going under on this one. Um, if it happens more than six and a half times, if, we're, if it happens seven times, it's going to be because it's the same players scoring hmm. 60 plus. So, oh, interesting. Uh, See, I think it can happen because what happens whenever you play the Philadelphia 7.6ers? <laughs> and all you have is Tyrese right. Maxey, who yeah. goes for 60 Kev, plus. Kev, well, Kevin, and, well, Kevin Durant could come out and go for 60 on that team. Yeah, that's true. Yep. True. I'm, so, I'm going under. That's a lot of points. <laughs> a lot of yeah, points. Yeah. There's a lot of points. Uh, Justin, do you agree with that? Are you going under on that one as well? I think I'm going under on that as well. Interesting. What what number would I have to put it at for you to take the over? Four, four and a half? half? Four and yeah. a half. I, we said that almost simultaneously. Four and a half. I think Hart could get 60 plus. Yep. KD could get 60 plus. We already have Steph. Obviously, Hamadou Diallo is going to get 60 plus at some point. Somebody else just scored 60 plus. Obviously. Brad Beal. Um, Brad Beal. Yeah. Steph, Brad Steph and Beal. I've got Steph. it. Um, yeah. Young, Luca, those guys could have a night where they go off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Justin, you get the last one, which is the over under is three and a half on players who end the season with double digit assists. Currently, there are only three. Those mm. would be James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Nikola Jokic. Number four is Trey Young, who's only at 8.6. So will we get more? Mm. Three, three and a half is the over-under. You're going over or under on players that end the season with double-digit assist numbers. That's a good one. That's interesting. Uh, I think I might lean. I'm going to keep this interesting, and I'm going to say over. Uh, you mentioned Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Nikola Jokic. Um, I think those guys all probably finish over. I mean, Russell Westbrook, it seems like it doesn't matter who's on his team. He's going to get over double-digit assists. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be playing with a wet paper bag, and he's probably going to kick it to him a few times for an open three. Um, and then you will to shoot the effing ball. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Beyond that, you look at the next few guys on the list, Trey Young, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, LeBron James. Uh, I feel like one of those guys could get there. I don't know which one it is. I Maybe Trey Young, except, uh, you know, he's a ball hog, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to his teammates on that one. Chris Paul, maybe Luka, maybe LeBron starting to get less likely. But I could see one. I could see one of those guys getting in that range uh, as the season goes on. So I'm going to say over, but I, I would not bet on it. (laughs) That's a really, really good one, but I'm going over also. I think when you look at some of the players, um, maybe where I'm a little biased just because I'm watching, watching guys uh, have a lot of assists on the Oklahoma city thunder team. But with that being said, all the guys that Justin mentioned, um, I added in Ben Simmons there to his list. Yeah. I think there's going to be at least that many players. Um, it'll probably probably be close, but it would not be wild to me to see at least four because it's over and under a set three and a half. It would not be wild to me to see at least four players in the season averaging double just double digit assists. But, I think um, that's fair. I like it. Yeah. I think I'd probably go the over as well. So we're Real. all on the same page. Good job, guys. Good work, team. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, guys, any uh, any last thoughts on the Thunder road trip, the game against the Nets, anything around the league? Can we talk about those throwback uniforms that the Nets oh, were rocking today? Yeah. The the tie dye. I liked them better before they put them on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe, I loved him. maybe if their team was better and they didn't suck so bad, I'd like him a little more. I love I there's something about if a uniform's old and hideous, I love it. If it's yeah. new and hideous, I hate it. So that said, I really look forward to loving the Thunder City edition uniforms in about 20 years. Yeah, there you go. Well, and hey, speaking of Justin, Thunder are busting out some new jerseys this upcoming week. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Tell us more. On the back-to-back, they're finally going to break out the orange sunset yes. statement uniforms for the first time this season. And then the next night against the Lakers, we get to see the city uniforms yes. for the first time. The NASCAR uniforms. <laughs> you know, nothing has made me feel older than those uniforms. When's yeah. uh, earned? Have you seen that yet, Justin? Is that scheduled? It's, so it's not scheduled in at all for okay. the first half of the season, which makes me think it's coming out second half of the season. I've heard which rumblings kind of, of it hitting retail around the end of March, beginning of April, which okay. kind of lines up with where the schedule is. I'm asking because I'm trying to decide when I want to order my Shea jersey and which yeah. I want to order. I like it. <laughs> like, I want to go with the urns because I like them better than the cities. Yeah, I nice. like it. Nice. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get on out of here. For those of you who joined the stream tonight, man, thank you so much. We love getting you guys on here, getting your questions in. Uh, Make plans to come back again next Sunday, 9 p.m. As long as Taylor's not on the toilet, we'll be good to go. If you're listening listening to the podcast version, man, thank you so much. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. While you're at it, go drop us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast app. That would mean a ton to us. We've had more and more trickling in. The more we get, the more people uh, can readily see our podcast on Apple. The more listeners come in, the more cool shit we can give away. So let's make it happen. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Don't storm the Capitol building. And we will see you guys. Losers. We will see you guys uh, back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday night when the Thunder take on the San Antonio Spurs and then the Los Angeles Lakers. So be on the lookout for that for our post-game pods. Those won't be live videos, but rather just regular podcasts. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We will talk to you soon. Have a great start of your weekend as always. Thunder up. I'm going to go make a comment on the highlights. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.